This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Four minutes after the hour, it's Monday, November 15th. Good morning and welcome back to Morning Air. We are live from our Chicago studios. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us across America here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Every Monday at the top of the show, I always remind you that on Mondays, we pray for the holy souls in purgatory of our family and our friends, especially here in this month of November, the month of the holy souls. Today is also the memorial of St. Albert, the great bishop and doctor of the church, 13th century Dominican theologian who taught St. Thomas Aquinas. On Friday, in case you missed it, our Relevant Radio CEO, Father Rocky, made a big announcement uh, during the Drew Mariani show. After years of praying, many, many memorized to end abortion in our nation, Relevant Radio has finally reached the 400 million Memorari Plateau. It's a reminder that prayer is powerful, and prayer through the intercession of the Blessed Mother, our Blessed Mother Mary, is really powerful. Powerful. Our next goal here at Relevant Radio is 500 million memoraries as we continue to pray for an end to legal abortion. Uh, this is absolutely the preeminent issue of our times, as the U.S. bishops have said many times. I want to bring in uh, my partner, Glenn Leverance. Uh, Glenn, speaking of the U.S. bishops, uh, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is meeting this week in Baltimore. They start today with day one. What can we expect, Glenn? Well, one of the big items uh, on the agenda in their first fall gathering in person in a couple years now will be about the reception of the Eucharists. Uh, they'll be discussing uh, what it means to receive for those who receive communion, particularly those in public office, and how they need to be in communion with what the church teaches and not be facilitating or promoting what the church considers grave moral issues. And uh, they'll also be looking at a new three-year Eucharistic revival. So this will be looked at in a, in a broad sense, as well as things that may be more closely associated or not with U.S. elections. And uh, we're hoping uh, to get some live reports out of Baltimore throughout the week uh, with the latest on those meetings. Uh, it's also a, a big day uh, in the Kyle uh, Rittenhouse trial, closing arguments starting today, Glenn. That's right, closing arguments, so the jury could get the uh, the trial to begin deliberations at some point later today. Uh, Wisconsin has called out 500 National Guard troops in case of unrest if the uh, verdict doesn't go the way some folks would like to see it go. That would be uh, most unfortunate, so we pray and hope that there is no violence. And uh, uh, in case uh, anybody missed it, uh, there's uh, the latest news over the weekend as of last Friday on the um, Biden uh, vaccine mandate front. Yeah, uh, as far as the uh, the private businesses with 100 or more employees, a uh, court has put that on hold now. And so uh, at this point, that uh, is not st set to start as far as a mandate that all employees uh, be vaccinated by January 4th. All right. Sounds good. Um, more coming up uh, next hour at the top of the hour with, with your newscast. Uh, thanks so much, Glenn. 
All right. Thanks, John. We begin every show and every hour giving thanks to our Lord through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, when we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit to every show when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, can you believe that Advent begins a week from this coming Sunday, November 28th, and Relevant Radio has a free and a simple way for you to grow in your faith during this Advent season to get ready for the true meaning of Christmas. All you have to do is sign up to receive Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations. They're short, they're compelling, daily audio reflections designed to help you go deeper into the beauty of the Advent season. These reflections will be emailed to you every morning, all during the Advent season. You can sign up for Father Rocky's free Advent inspirations at relevantradio.com slash Advent, or just click on the banner on the Relevant Radio app. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the playbook of life is from Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Our Lord Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. This is the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples and for us today in this day and age. Jesus commands us to go, therefore, and make disciples of the entire world. This great commission is a command. And it's not a suggestion to evangelize and catechize the world. As Pope St. John Paul II said just before he died, it's not enough to know Christ. We must introduce him to others. This is what we call evangelization, to share the gospel of Christ with others. And we pray with great confidence for that grace. Always, Jesus, I trust in you. Now I want to talk about a pro-life organization that is doing absolutely fantastic work. I'm talking about Life Runners, the world's largest pro-life team. Life Runners impacts hearts and minds for saving lives with their Remember the Unborn Jeremiah 1-5 jerseys. You can't miss them. We're now joined by Dr. Pat Castle, the president and founder of Life Runners, who is with us to talk about the great work that Life Runners is doing. Dr. Pat's fearless faith and tireless efforts have united and inspired thousands to be heroically pro-life across our nation. Dr. Pat has served in harm's way as a career military officer, and he now serves in harm's way outside of abortion facilities. Good morning, Dr. Pat. Welcome back to Morning Air. Great to reconnect with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, God morning, John. <laughs> I love that. God morning. How, how are you doing, Dr. Pat? It's been a while since uh, we uh, last uh, ran into each other. I believe it was during my uh, 40 film travels at the March for Life in D.C. Absolutely. And, and it's great um, to be here in the Omaha area. And I know that your, your spouse, Cindy, is also here locally. 
So right at home in Omaha. Yeah, she's home for a few days taking care of her uh, sick parents. Uh, I'm very familiar with uh, Omaha. It's become my second uh, home uh, with all the travels uh, uh, on a regular basis. So um, it's, it's, it's a lovely uh, part of the country, and I, I appreciate you being with us. You know, you, you haven't been on Morning Air uh, since I took over this show in June, and I wanted to give any of our new listeners that may not be familiar with the, the great work of Life Runners uh, a little thumb thumbnail sketch on, on what Life Runners is all about. Yeah, so Life Runners is really a simple but extremely powerful way to put your pro-life faith in action. It really is summed up in wearing your witness. So we have teammates ages 0.1. So imagine little babies and onesies <laughs> all the one, way to a, point 0.1 to 101 years old. And everyone has one thing in common they wear a shirt or a jacket or a onesie that says, remember the unborn on the back. And so maybe the best news of the morning for people that are leaning in and learning about the Life Runners apostolate is that running is optional. <laughs> so we all gotta wear something, why not wear our witness? And why does that matter? Because of that social science uh, research project that brought to light that 78% of post-abortion mothers uh, stated that if just one person had encouraged them to choose life or they had encountered an encouraging sign to choose life, they would not have chose abortion. They would have chosen life. And so that motivates people in 2,178 cities across 41 nations, adding up to over 17,000 people that are wearing their witness with a shirt or a jacket that says, remember the unborn, walking through grocery stores, walking around the block, going to mass, going to work, going to school, and bearing witness to the least of our brothers and sisters and giving glory to God. And those uh, those uh, jerseys are are beautiful. They're stunning, and uh, I think that in addition to the "Remember the Unborn" uh, logo, uh, the scripture verse Jeremiah one mm-hmm. five uh, is a, yes. is an incredible reminder of uh, the dignity and the importance of of all human life. Uh, can you share with us for those who may not know what that means? Yes. Yeah, so Jeremiah one five is that God proclaimed to us that He knew us even before we were in our mother's wombs. So we know, you know, God's perspective on when life begins, even before we're in our mother's wombs. And with me being a career scientist, uh, a PhD in nanoanalytical chemistry, I love sharing the not controversial truth that life begins at conception, scientific fact. And St. Albert the Great, whose feast day today, he is the patron of scientists. So St. Albert the Great, pray for us. Pray for us. I love the connection. And when you consider that he was literally the professor of St. Thomas Aquinas, he must have been a really smart guy. Praise God. And he and he put those smarts, he aligned them to the truth that faith and science are not at odds. They are complementary. They are synergistic. And for goodness sakes, it's all God's stuff. So, so science is the canvas for 
our Lord doing miracles. Uh, you can even fit God in quantum mechanics through the probability function and on and on and on. But cer- certainly science just bears reflection to God's glory. Dr. Pat, uh, I remember a few years ago, I heard uh, somebody say that science is catching up to scripture because, <laughs> uh, my goodness, we know like from Jeremiah 1.5, uh, the, the importance of life and the fact that uh, it yes. begins in the womb. But uh, now we know without a shadow of a doubt uh, through the ultrasound technology that it really is a baby. It's not just a glob of tissue. That's right. And I and let me share uh, a reflection that I wrote on that, that the listeners will appreciate on this feast day of St. Albert the Great, the patron of scientists. And this devotion I wrote, when magnified, you can see that the zygote, our first cell at conception, looks like a communion host, the Eucharist, the body of Christ. The cell surrounding radiata is like a monstrance, the holding vessel for the Eucharist. The Eucharist doesn't look like Jesus, and the zygote doesn't look like a person. However, the Eucharist is completely Jesus, and your zygote is completely you. Today's challenge, if you can't see your neighbor in the zygote, just wait a few weeks for magnification. If you can't see Jesus in the Eucharist, read John chapter 6 for magnification. I love it. Absolutely brilliant, uh, Dr. Pat. I so much appreciate that insight, and it's so true. Uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. When we look at the host, we don't see Jesus, but we know by faith that he is truly Amen. and substantially there with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, just like we know even at the earliest of stages, it is a little baby uh, in the making, in, 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 in its process of fully forming. It's already a baby from the very uh, first moment of conception. That's so right. it's a, it's a wonderful uh, insight, uh, doctor. I appreciate you sharing with us. And again, on this feast day of St. Albert the Great, it's, it's so ap- appropriate. You guys also have a fantastic creed that I was very moved. We uh, do. And we do. And it gives great insight into the life runners apostolate and listeners. If you're wondering where that, that devotion came from, that I read tying in faith and science that came from the life runners daily devotions book that was published in january of this year and you can find that on amazon or at liferunners.org and it's a beautiful compilation of 108 authors including three bishops nine priests a bunch of deacons a lot of our catholic friends from coast to coast uh, that you'll recognize kevin vost etc and you will find it uh, very encouraging it's a one minute daily devotion we did an episode here on relevant radio john on that daily devotion so if folks are like wow where do i get a, a good one minute pro-life devotional take a peek at the life runners daily devotions book but the creed does to reintroduce listeners to the posh of life runners we gave that simple really we're aware your witness impacting hearts and minds for saving lives with this remember the unborn message. And our creed kind of breaks down more of the the, the, the charism of the life runners and the zeal of the life runners. And our creed is as follows, that we believe in the dignity of all human life from conception to natural death. We run as a prayer to defend children in the womb so that they may be born and united with our Christian community. We run to build endurance for this race is long and we must keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord. We run for awareness so our culture will view all human life 
as a reflection of your glory, Lord. We run for charity to provide support for mothers and fathers tempted to abort their child and healing support for post-abortion women, men, and families. We run to end abortion for Christ died so that all may live. Guard us all, born and unborn, with your peace, Lord. For in you, life is victorious. We pray and run in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's our creed. Amen. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely uh, love it. And I think the Apostle St. Paul would be uh, very thrilled to hear this creed <laughs> because uh, his inspiration is all through it. Running the race that lies before us. Uh, yeah, That's it. It's, it's tremendous. You know, I, I've often saw running and sports in general as a metaphor for the spiritual life. You know, we're, we're all spiritual athletes in a sense, as uh, St. John Paul II used to, to talk about. So, um, you know, we could we could talk about the spiritual lessons of sports. In fact, I'd and running. I'd love to do that some other time. But I'd love to get in here in a few minutes that we have to talk about some of the fantastic events that you guys uh, have been in, involved in. Uh, I know you had uh, a historic event uh, where you climbed to the top of uh, Mount uh, Kilimanjaro uh, this summer. Can you fill us in? Absolutely. And kind of transition from people considering, you know, joining Life Runners, going to liferunners.org, clicking the join button. There's chapters all across the country and around the world, ordering a shirt or a jacket that says, remember the unborn and wearing their witness. Yup, just that simple. But when you talk about things that Life Runners that we do in our posh we we do an across america relay the largest spanning pro-life event in the world 5357 miles coast to coast border to border and we do it each summer we also this last summer as you alluded to we we went to the top of mount kilimanjaro and and you might think like wow you know bring in that message so we brought the remember the unborn flag to the top of mount kilimanjaro we're, we're talking uh, 19,000 plus feet i'm talking a little hill yeah, outside you of got omaha it. <laughs> the highest freestanding mountain in the world we proclaim that truth to, uh, to bear witness for the least of our brothers and sisters to give glory to god bishop joe coffee uh, joined us myself the executive assistant to Life Runners, Bernadette Costello, and Dolores Meehan, the co-leader of the second largest pro-life event in the world, the Walk for Life West Coast. The four of us made our way to the top. And it was, you know, quite an experience, you know, through adversity, through a blizzard at the top. But we bared witness. And, and, it, and we wanted to draw people to do more. You know, what little mountain little mountains do we have every day it could be as simple as you know climbing a mount kilimanjaro could be just stepping out your front door wearing a shirt or a jacket that says remember the unborn which listen to this sign up that came in uh john from a new life runner that kind of relates it says a facebook friend liked a life runners posting several years ago and i've been following life runners ever since i've wanted to join so many times but honestly, fear has held me back. I'm surrounded by a pro-choice community and I've been afraid to speak out. Through much prayer and adoration before the blessed sacrament, God has given me the courage to put on that jersey with that message, remember the unborn. Wow, it's like right on. Faith over fear, good over evil. God over Satan. Life is victorious. And we all have a mission. We've all been 
called to, to go forth and make disciples of all nations, to, to bear witness and defend the least of the least. And what a great way to do it with a big cross on your chest with a Holy Spirit dove. It's a beautiful shirt and logo, as you know, John, and then that powerful life-saving message on the back. Yes. So we conquer fear, we move forward, and it's life-saving. I love the message. And, and the, the best part is that if you can't run for whatever reason, if you're like an old runner like me, I, I once run, ran 500 miles during the summer between my junior year of high school and senior year. The, the legs uh, have worn out from years of playing baseball. And so I had to have a hip surgery on both hips uh, back in 2016. So I'm not supposed to run long distances. I, I can make it around uh, the soccer field with my son these days, but that, that's about it. But you can still run spiritually you can run in spirit much kind of like a spiritual communion you know if you can't receive in person you can always receive spiritually if you can't run in person you can run spiritually uh with uh, the remember the unborn uh and to that yeah and to that point john i like to smile and say that the the non-running life runners are better life runners because when you're walking with a remember the unborn shirt or jacket it's easier to read it and meditate on it (laughs) when people see you walking. There you go. Uh, real quickly, you also uh, took part in a, in a great event in Indianapolis, uh, a half uh, and full marathon, and you had a big dinner with the, the national record holder. I thought that was uh, quite uh, remarkable. Uh, a guy that ran a 346 mile, that's mile. impressive. That is, that's 13 seconds faster than Roger Bannister when he broke the four minute mile, to put it in perspective. Yeah, so we, we've got, you know, little babies in onesies. We've got 101-year-olds in, in nursing homes all wearing the shirt and jacket. And we have Alan Webb, the American record holder in the mile at 346. So may, may God inspire us to run as slow or as fast as we're able, and may we do it in his name, and may we bear witness by wearing a bold blue shirt that says, Remember the Unborn, and a big cross on the front as we pick up our cross today and follow the Lord. Do we have time for the cheer, John, here at the end of this? Give us, give us the cheer. We will make okay, the time for go. you guys. Here's the cheer, everybody. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, uh, I'm going to give a loud and thunderous all in Christ. And I want everyone to repeat and just cheer back for pro-life. So here we go. All in Christ. For, for pro-life. pro-life. All in Christ. For pro-life. All in Christ. For pro-life. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, Again, uh, your site, liferunners.org. If anybody feels called to be a part of this incredible uh, international national organization. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Pat. Yep. God, God bless, John. God bless you too. Dr. Pat Castle, president and founder of Life Runners, the world's largest pro-life team. We need to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Marcel Lejeune, the president and founder of Catholic Missionary Disciples, is going to be with us to talk about why to be a great saint, you must evangelize. Stay with us as our conversation continues this morning here on Morning Air after this. Monday, Monday, so good to me. Monday morning, it was all I hoped it would be. 31 minutes after the hour, welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for tuning in on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
our number if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, in case you missed our daily power scripture from the playbook of life at the beginning of the show, today's edition is from Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Our Lord Jesus says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. This is the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples and for us today to go, and the key word is go, therefore, and make disciples of the entire world. But what does it take to follow this command of Jesus to share the gospel and to evangelize? Uh, Pope St. John Paul II said just before he died, it is not enough to know Christ we must introduce him to others. What's the relationship between holiness and our mission to evangelize? And now joining us is Marcel Lejeune to talk about the reality that to be a great saint, you must evangelize. Marcel is the president and founder of Catholic Missionary Disciples, a Catholic apostolate that works with Catholic leaders to form missionary disciples who then make missionary disciples. Good morning, Marcel. Welcome back to Morning Air. Great to be with you once again. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always good to be with you, Marcel. Uh, you recently wrote a, a blog that uh, really uh, got me excited and, and fired me up uh, at CatholicMissionaryDisciples.com, uh, titled Holiness and Evangelization in Union. Can you share a little bit about your own experiences as, as a young Catholic that has led to this perspective to be able to write this story? Yeah, so I'm no longer a young Catholic, but I got to tell you, when I was a young Catholic, it was uh, it was this big conversion moment for me, where I encountered the Lord, had a conversion, decided I wanted to follow Jesus Christ, and not long after that, in fact, just a few days after that encounter, I it was on a retreat that this had happened. I go back to my friends and my friend group and my family and others, and. I had an option. My option was either I could fall right back into the habits and the lifestyle and the choices that I was making prior to this conversion, or something's got to change. And I was ignorant about just how much had to change, but I knew that something had to change if I was really going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I went back and I started talking about it. Now, I wasn't necessarily real effective in my witness of Jesus Christ at that time, just because I was so ignorant of what it meant to be a Christian, uh, what it meant to be a Catholic disciple. But I did it. I mean, I I started talking about uh, Jesus Christ with people. And I think it was one of the most brave things I ever did was to almost immediately go back to my friends, my buddies, and say, look, I I can't do the things I was doing with you anymore um, because I want to be a different man. I want to live a different lifestyle. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ as this God that I just encountered, and and He changed my life, and that means I have to change my habits and I have to change the, my decisions. And from that moment, um, you know, there's a there's a starting point, right? That was my starting point. There was an encounter with Jesus Christ, and then a decision to change. And so these two things, though, go hand in hand that I had already started. One was 
that I had to grow in my own personal holiness. And holiness is the attribute of God, like the attribute of God. If you were going to say, what, what is the number one thing that makes God God? It's that he's perfectly holy. Um, he is a part. He is different. He is, he is sacred. He is holy. And we get a share in his holiness the, the more we become like him. And I knew that holiness was something that we were all called to. But it also means we have to go and share the message with Jesus of Jesus Christ with other people. And those two things actually go hand in hand. Here's, here's the kicker, John, is that if you want to be holy, you can't be as holy as you're meant to be unless you evangelize. And if you want to share the message of Jesus Christ with other people, that is, you want to go evangelize well, you've got to be holy. They're really two sides of the same coin. They go hand in hand. They can't be separated. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes uh, we separate the two as if one is different than the other, when really they, they, there's an interplay that can't be broken. That's a, that's a great insight, and that's really the, the basis of your article. Um, back to when you were that young guy trying to share your faith, you were all excited, you had this conversion. Your friends weren't ready for you at that point. They, they, you didn't have a whole lot of credibility because, hey, this is the same guy that's been, you know, running around for a bunch of years. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, you know, this is a... This is me as in my late teen years chasing girls and drinking beer and doing things I wasn't supposed to do. Oh, right? do I know the feeling? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the, this, I have like the college guy's story. I mean, and, and so if uh, it, this gave some credibility to my witness, though, is that my actions started and not, not right away, but started to reflect the words that I was saying. And that's the thing. Our witness, when we grow in holiness, gives credibility to our evangelization, right? Because people, people are going to want to know, is, is this guy really telling the truth? And so, of course, at the beginning, people were kind of scoffing. Oh, yeah, just give him some time, right? He's going to come back around. He'll be, he'll be back on the party train pretty soon. Uh, it, it takes a lifetime, in a sense, to build that credibility. And, and in some ways, um, one of the things people of the world are really looking at for Christians right now is a credible witness. Because unfortunately, if we stop and we say, okay, look at the numbers, if we look at the percentages of people who say, I'm Catholic right now, if you look at the way they live their lives in things like divorce or contraceptive use or abortion or any of the other moral things, even just, you know, do we give enough money to the poor? Do we support relevant radio? Is, is our money, is our lifestyle, are our choices, is the way we treat people, are all those things in line with the gospel? And if they're not, then guess what? Our, our witness suffers. And right now, Catholics do those things primarily at about the same rate, things like abortion and contraception and divorce, about the same rate as everybody else in the world. So our witness has suffered terribly. But if you can be kind of a different Catholic, the one who actually follows the teachings of the Church, who believes what the Magisterium teaches, guess what happens? Is you kind of get set apart. You're different. And your witness gains this credibility. So when you're talking about your faith in an explicit way, or you're talking about Jesus Christ in an explicit way, people start to listen. And it's pretty amazing. And I remember the first time this happened to me when I noticed that my friends actually did live different lives. And then when I went to grad school, I remember my professors, they were great witnesses of the faith. And then an amazing thing, John, 
I realized my parents were actually right all along. Uh, you know, the good Catholic parents, um, yeah, that, that witness of the consistency of the way they live their lives the entire time that I knew them, that their actions reflected their words, it started to bear weight with me in a great way. And to this day, my parents are still two of my heroes of the faith. Understand, understandably so. And, and the personal witness that you're describing is can be very powerful. People are attracted uh, to uh, that Holy Spirit that is emanating out, out of people when they really do have the faith at a, a heartfelt level. And, and I think that that's attractive and people are attracted to that. Uh, unfortunately, in our country, as you point out in your in your article, there's a lot of Americans, the, the average Catholic uh, who's, you know, scared, they're timid, uh, they're, they're not living uh, a heroic yeah. virtue. And so they're afraid to share their faith with, with, with just about anybody. Yeah, and I have to tell you, it's not going to get any easier, so we better start now. Um, The world is getting more and more, in our modern culture in the West, here in the United States, our world is getting more and more antithetical to what it means to be Catholic. In other words, it's going to be harder and harder to explicitly bear witness to Jesus Christ if you're not doing it now. So let's start doing it now. If you're not doing it right now, let's start to do it. And it doesn't have, you don't have to overthink it. It doesn't have to be in your face. It doesn't have to be obnoxious. But you can always steer a conversation back to things that matter. Or if somebody shares something with you at work, um, let's just say you're having a conversation and somebody you, you ask, well, how was your weekend? And you know that somebody's face falls, right? You could tell something happened that weekend. And you realize something's wrong. You go, are you all right? Well, my grandmother just got put in the ICU because she's got COVID. Oh, my goodness, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I'll make sure to pray for her. And, you know, that little statement right there, you know, I'm Catholic, I'll pray for you, um, That's that can open a door. But don't let the door shut right there. And then if they receive that well, you got to read the room here properly, right? But if they receive something like that well, you could even go another step and say, look, I, I can tell you, you know, this is hard on you. Would you mind if I prayed for you right now? And if they're open to that, then go for it. You don't have to have pretty words in the prayer. You just have to have a witness that Jesus Christ is powerful and that you believe he's the healer and that he can do something that even doctors can't do. Um, Doesn't mean he will every time you pray just because you're praying, but that's the kind of witness right now we need. We need heroic witnesses of the faith, both in word and in deed. And again, if we're living this out, you're going to have more conversations about God, about faith, about this. You're going to start to learn, how do I do this better? And so this is, this is the kind of thing that most Catholics who follow Jesus Christ and really are disciples, they want to do it well. And your listeners, I'm guessing, are the kind of Catholics who want to be great evangelists and who want to grow in holiness. That's beautiful and wonderful. And our Lord has given us the grace we have to believe to be able to do that. Remember, in baptism and confirmation, we have received all the graces necessary to be great evangelists. And every time we receive the Eucharist, we receive the graces necessary to be great saints. So we've got all the grace necessary. Now it's our opportunity to respond to it every time we say yes. Yes, I'm going to have that difficult conversation with somebody. Yes, I'm going to serve the poor or just even my family right now, and I'm going to be selfless about it. Yes, I'm going to put a smile on. Um, I'm going to make the little things matter. Like right now, if I'm stuck in traffic and somebody's trying to get over, I'm going to let them in. It's those kind of acts of virtue and little sacrifices that we go about our day doing and the way we have our conversations that matter that start to play a difference. 
And we don't have to try to do it all on our own power. The Lord can work through us. Uh, and we can also learn a lot from the example of the saints before us. I know in your story you have some great examples of uh, the writings of uh, St. Paul and St. Peter, as well as uh, St. Uh, Pope Paul VI and uh, John Paul II. They all had a lot of wisdom to, to share on, on this topic. Uh, I'd like to uh, get into that a little bit, but we, first we have to take a, a short break. I also want to invite our listeners if, if you want to share uh, your own experience of growing in holiness, growing in your faith and how it helped you to share the gospel with others, with your family, with your friends, if you want to uh, just share with us or you have a comment or question for Marcel Lejeune, give us a call, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Don't wait till the very end because oftentimes that we can't get to you as we run out of time. So we're going to take a short break. We continue with Marcel Lejeune, the president and founder of Catholic Missionary Disciples. Stay with us. Much more to come. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com forester. Get connected to the conversation. Call us now at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans, way back up in the woods among the evergreens. 47 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning as we continue our conversation. We're talking about being great saints and how you have to evangelize if you want to be a great saint with uh, Marcel Lejeune, the president and founder of Catholic Missionary Disciples. Marcel, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Marcel, in your uh, article, um, Holiness and Evangelization in Union at, uh, at CatholicMissionaryDisciples.com. Uh, you, uh, you shared uh, some great uh, quotes and scriptures, uh, beginning with uh, Pope Paul VI, uh, who had uh, a lot to say about the importance uh, of evangelization and holiness. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things Paul VI said is that um, such a witness, he's talking about the witness of life, Right, living out the faith, living a life of holiness, making sure you're praying for other people. Such a witness is already a silent proclamation of the good news, and a very powerful and effective one. Here we have the initial act of evangelization. So what he's saying here is that if, if God changes our hearts in our own prayer, imagine this, God changes our hearts continually, continually working on our hearts. It's kind of like you know, water on a rock, and that rock starts to get transformed. That's what our prayer does to our hearts. It transforms us slowly through time as we continue to persevere in our prayer. And as that persevering prayer happens, our hearts are changed, and guess what? We fall more and more in love with our God. And when we're in love with God, we can't help but share Him with other people, because love can't be contained. It has to spill out. A true love spills out and draws others in. Just like in a marriage, when your love spills out and you have children or the family grows, uh, that you're, you, know, you start to invite other people into your home that's been made because of this marriage. These are the kind of things that God wants as well for His family, the church. He wants us to go out and bring more of His children into, this, into His church 
to spill out into the world so that our love for God is growing by having other people join us in the household of God, the church. It's the same thing. And so, but it starts with our prayer. It starts with a growth in holiness. It starts with us saying yes. And, and this is more of a reception of grace than us just kind of willing it into being. Remember that God can do things we can't, and God is the one who gives us the power. God is the one who can change hearts, including our own as well as others. So really what we're doing is we're receiving the grace that God wants to give us and allowing him to work through us. Now, he waits on us. This is the beautiful thing. Just like he waited on Mary at the Annunciation to say yes, right? Give her fiat, her yes. He waits for our fiat so that he can be fruitful in our own lives and start to spill out so that more people come to know him. And so here, herein lies the trick or, or the, the kind of the, the, the real heart of the matter. Let God work in you today and say yes to him, whatever he wants to do with you. And guess, and, and fruitfulness will start to happen. That's the beauty of it. We don't have to overthink it. And um, if we are falling in love with the Lord, we're going to want to fall in love with his word. And God's word uh, has a lot to say, especially St. Paul and St. Peter when it comes to this call to holiness. Can you share just a couple of those scriptures that I thought were very powerful in your article? Yeah, absolutely. And so part of what we're, we're talking about here when, when we talk about this kind of echo to be a holy leader of the faith, uh, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of flesh and spirit, making holiness perfect in the fear of God. Now remember, fear of God is is more a filial fear. That is a, a fear of a son or daughter who doesn't want to disappoint their, their father uh, because they love him so much. It's a filial fear, not one that is afraid of punishment, okay? And so this kind of, this fear of a son or daughter who wants to, to make his dad or his, her dad proud, that's what Paul's talking about here. And we do it by living a life that tosses off the sin that keeps us from him and becoming holy that is more like him. Now, Paul goes on in 1 Thessalonians 4 to say, God did not call us to impurity, but to holiness. And remember, holiness is it's the opposite of what a sinful lifestyle looks like, right? Remember, God is completely pure, without sin. He is the Holy One, and we share in His holiness first by casting off sin, but it's not just that. It's also a growth in virtue. And so this is why he goes on to, and he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our own works, but according to his own design. And the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began. So here, what, what he's saying is it's not just about not doing the bad things, it's about doing the virtuous acts. It's about making the right choices, about going out there and sometimes doing things that at, at the beginning can be unpleasant for us or scary for us. And for a lot of Catholics right now, that means sharing the faith. It means being explicit in our proclamation of Jesus Christ and his gospel. It means having conversations that sometimes might be difficult for us because we're scared of a reaction of another person or, or what might happen or those kind of things. And we have, to, we have to be careful because that's generally not the voice of God who's casting a fearful eye into our hearts. It's the work of our own insufficiencies or of the enemy. And if that's the case, we have to cast those out and remember that God wants us to share this stuff. 
And he wants us to do so with kindness and boldness and courage and love, because what, what could we share with another person that would be more important than the message that Jesus Christ has come to save us from our sin and to bring us to, with him to heaven so that we could rest with him in eternity forever? There's nothing. And we got That's the case. I started to, to think to myself, uh, you know, First John, perfect love casts out fear. If we really love the Lord, that fear will just melt away. What happens when we try to grow in holiness without evangelizing? Well, if we try to grow in holiness without evangelizing, we kind of stunt our, our spiritual lives. What ends up happening is we get to a point where, you know, we can grow in our own virtue only up to a certain point. We can grow in our own prayer up, only up to a certain point if we're not sharing our faith, because part of the life of a disciple is explicit evangelization, sharing our faith with other people. It's guiding other people to the Lord, and if we don't do that, then we kind of stunt our growth in holiness. On the flip side of that, if we try to grow in holiness, I mean, try to grow in evangelization without growing in holiness, it's going to stunt our evangelization. And the reason why is because we're going to be hypocritical, right? We're not growing in our virtue. We're not growing in our prayer. We're not growing as disciples personally, but we're trying to share our faith. And, and people are going to look at us and say, you know what, you're, you're not doing what you ought to. So, again, the two go hand in hand. And if you try to do one without the other, it's detrimental to both. And that's ultimately what ends up happening. Marcel, can you share some words of encouragement to somebody who might be listening and saying to themselves, yeah, I'd love to share my faith, but I just don't know if I'm made to do that. I don't know if I have what it takes to, to, to be a, a great saint and a great evangelist. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. I would say this. Believe the words that Jesus has given us. Believe what God has told us. The promises that God makes to us, he always fulfills, if we open ourselves up to believing them, okay? So if God says, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, if God says that you were made to be a great saint, if God says, go and make disciples of all nations, then believe that God's not a liar. Believe that Jesus is telling the truth. And if that's the case, then we have been given a mission to be holy evangelists, to be evangelists who become holy. And the two are one. And if you want to go do this, then start, first of all, with your prayer life. Strengthen it. Strengthen that relationship with Jesus. Grow in your virtue. Continue to receive this sacramental life, especially in the sacraments of confession and Eucharist. And then go out and just have conversations that are natural about faith. Tell people you're going to pray for them. Witness. Give your testimony about how God has impacted your life. And don't overthink it and don't try to force it. Start asking God, Lord, open my eyes to see the opportunities that are right in front of me so that I can share the faith. And start to do it just in a natural, organic manner so that it's not forced or kind of off a script. And if you want more resources, our, our entire mission as a nonprofit ministry is to help Catholics, especially Catholic leaders, but also even the average Catholics. So you can go to our new initiative is transformedcatholic.com, where you can learn how to be a better evangelist. And we have even a f some free resources there to teach people. If you want to go real in-depth, we even have a, a way to do that. Transformedcatholic.com. That's in addition to uh, CatholicMissionaryDisciples.com. Uh, Marcel, as always, I so much appreciate uh, your uh, insights and your perspective uh, and your encouragement. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, and thanks for having me. And, and just like the song said at the bumper, you know, Go, Johnny, go. Right? go. Bring the gospel to the world. There you go. Thanks so much, Marcel. Now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. 
Our story today is called Whatever It Takes by Mike Oliver. Dr. Zenko Rinkiv was at Brookwood Medical Center when he was needed for emergency brain surgery at Trinity Medical Center. The problem was the sudden snowstorm that had locked down traffic, and the neurosurgeon didn't get farther than a few blocks. The cell service was bad, so we were fading in and out, said Steve Davis, who is the charge nurse at the neurointensive care unit at Trinity. At one point, I heard him say, I'm walking. Davis had alerted authorities, and they were looking for the surgeon. There were supposed sightings, but no one could find him. The police were looking for him, said Davis. Hours had gone by since the initial contact in the morning. He finally called me and said, where's the patient? What's the status? He spoke to the family, said Davis, and then went off to surgery. It was an emergency surgery for a traumatic brain injury. Rinkiv is Trinity's only brain surgeon, said Davis. Without the surgery, the patient would have most likely died, but he's doing well. Davis said he and colleagues at Trinity were estimating the hike to the Montclair Road Hospital about eight miles, though Google Maps put it about six. The extreme weather was blamed for five deaths statewide at the time and stranded untold thousands away from their homes. This just speaks volumes to the dedication of the man, said Davis. When I saw him, all I could say was, you're a good man. Davis and Rinkiv said that Brother Rinkiv takes good care of himself and he frequently walks for exercise. Galatians 6.9 says, Let's not get tired of doing what is good, for at the right time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. And of course, you can always uh, listen to every one of uh, Glenn's Story Corners. Just go to our podcast at relevantradio.com. Don't forget to honor our Blessed Mother today and every day. Pray the rosary with Father Rocky on the Family Rosary Across America with all your prayers and petitions, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every single night of the week here on Relevant Radio on the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverens, for producers Sarah Tafoya, Mariano Gomez, Gabby Burke, the whole team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Morning Air.